Remember to head on over to supportsaltlake.com and support all of these amazing businesses. These are all of the businesses that sponsor the podcast, that support the podcast. These are the awesome businesses here in Salt Lake City that support the podcast. Supportsaltlake.com. And on that note, today on episode 420, we sit down and we chat with Tim Pickett. Tim Pickett is a qualified medical provider in Utah, an active member of Society of Cannabis Clinicians. He enjoys educating patients and writing about medical cannabis in order to destigmatize the plant and encourage safe and effective use right here in Utah. In this conversation, we talk with Tim about navigating and understanding medical marijuana here in Utah. We're going to get into that in just a minute. You're going to want to listen to this because we talk about some information that you might need to know here in a couple weeks once some of these dispensaries open up. But really quick, Chrissy, let's introduce ourselves. My name is Chris Hollifield. You can follow me on my personal Instagram at uh, Chris Hollifield. And my name is Chrissy Hollifield. And you can follow me on my personal Instagram at Lady Salt Lake. Chrissy's a little bit better with posting pictures on her Instagram. (laughs) Sometimes, sometimes. We're trying, right? Thanks for joining us, you guys. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, you might be asking yourself what it's all about. Well, this podcast is about showcasing awesome people right here in Salt Lake City, Utah. We talk to business owners, comedians, authors, tattoo artists, restaurant owners, breweries, distillery, food truck owners, really anyone that might have a cool story to share. Hey, so there's a really cool event happening the end of next week, the last weekend of February. We're going to be telling you about it. We're going to be telling you about Wizarding Days. This is their third year doing Wizarding Days. This is their third year sponsoring this podcast. We're really excited about it. And this year, Wizarding Days will be happening on February 28th and 29th, and they're actually going to be hosted at the Utah State Fairgrounds. This year, they're excited to have authors like Sal Valuto, who is a comic illustrator and has worked for DC and Marvel. They'll also have a state of continual performers like magicians, puppeteers, trivia games, and more. This year's theme of Wizarding Days is mythology, and they'll have some new sets and activities where you can bring your kids and you can hunt down some gods and goddesses. That's got to be hard. Gods and goddesses are pretty powerful. <laughs> I'm excited for that. I love mythology. They're also having a cosplay contest this year. You can sign up right now for the cosplay contest at wizardingdays.com. It's wizardingdays.com. And while you're on their website, grab your tickets now for the best price available. They have day passes, family passes, and weekend passes. This year, they're having a charity Yule Ball happening Thursday night, February 27th from 7 to 10 p.m. They've partnered with Geeked Out Events in Wasatch Wizards and Witches, and all the money that's raised from this event will go directly to charity. You can get a discount by buying an Ultimate Pass, which you can get into the ball as well as that event that we were we were talking about. WizardingDays.com. That's WizardingDays, days with a Z, dot com. Head on over there. You can get your tickets. You can get the best price available, though, uh, if you get them before the event. And the event is on February 28th and 29th at the Utah State Fairgrounds. So head on over to their website and grab your tickets now for the best price wizardingdayswithaz.com. And many thanks to Wizarding Days for sponsoring this episode. Let's get into that conversation that we had with Tim Pickett. Tim is awesome to have joined us in our podcast studio and take some time out of his busy day to help us understand medical marijuana here in Utah just a little bit better. I had a lot of fun chatting with him. Let's get into the conversation. First of all, just to give the listeners a little bit of a picture of you. I know we kind of got into where you were from. Oh, sure. Then the then I realized it wasn't recording. So that's let's, okay. Let's, I'm gonna go let's, back. Let's I'll go, go back over all you. that again. Yeah. I grew up in Bountiful in the in the Utah bubble. Doesn't everybody consider it a, a Utah bubble? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, went to Bountiful High School. I grew up in construction work. I got a week off for uh, scout camp every summer. So you were a good boy scout too. I was a good boy scout, Eagle Scout. Proud wow. of that. We're looking at what to do with uh, my son as he gets old enough to be in the Scouts, but the church having kind of left that program, Yeah, what to do It makes do it kind of harder to know where to go. Yeah, it's difficult. There's not as many troops out mm-hmm. there. They're private. Uh, I think it's just more work if it's not set up for you. Like the church, it was very, it was just easy. It was super organized. Right? Yeah. That's what you did. So uh, I went through that program. And I grew up in a family construction business, went to where everybody said, go to college, but no one, I felt like 
nobody really knew what that meant, what it meant to like to, to go to school. Yeah, like, to go like to school. What's and the what's why the, behind it or something? Right. Like, what do you do with your college education? Yeah, yeah. Um, you go get a sweet job for fifteen dollars an hour. <laughs> yes, it's pretty much what happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, I finished school with my wife, and we graduated together in two thousand two, and then went back to construction, built houses for a while, and then in two thousand ten went uh, when the economy really was terrible. I decided that I, I needed something different. Went into medicine, became an EMT, worked at the University of Utah in their ER, and learned that, I mean, to become a PA was kind of the ideal because I was already in my 30s. Medical school really didn't make any sense for my life situation at the time. So I, I put everything I had into getting into PA school, becoming a PA and I've been a PA for five years. Um, I've, so when did you start? Okay, let's. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you off right here, real ahead. quick, Tim. When did you get introduced to medical cannabis? Then let's. I'm gonna because I got so much I want to talk to you about this because I find it, okay. especially somebody that grew up in Utah, right? All right. Utah is, has not been fond of this plant. No, I still have my pamphlet from Driver's Ed when they did drug education yeah. with oh the gosh. monster. <gasps> is it like red the, and it has like a skull one. in the background? Right, and it our was daughter brought our that kids home from are going to have birth defects. Are you're going to lose your mind? You're going to lose mm-hmm. your memory. You're going to die. You're probably going to die a horrible death yeah. if you use any of these drugs, marijuana, right on the top. Oh yeah, I still have it. I, I wow. got it out when Did I started this patients? project. <laughs> here, here's here, the side effects. Here's the here's the monster. Yeah. No, when I I have. Quite a few people that have had essentially life-changing experiences because of cannabis. Yeah. I have family members with cancer who've really have, it's benefited them yeah. remarkably. But this is all happening in the background, right? Yeah. You're not noticing that cannabis is making a difference in these people's lives until somebody, a good friend of mine, who uh, ended up in the growing um, in Utah and mm-hmm. in, is one of the growers now. Nice, nice. He's, we're at the gym. We do Olympic weightlifting. Um, my kids do it with me and he's driving me crazy with this. Hey, I, we're going to get into this medical cannabis. There's nobody doing it. Yeah. The state is building this multi-million dollar industry Yeah. from the bottom up, but there's no one helping patients get access. And he drove me crazy all last year about it until I started looking into it. And it was last summer when I really started diving in. You know what's tough for me, and and I want to obviously we're going to get more deep with you, Tim. Here is and 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 I'm curious what you've seen out there. Is there's so much at least at least on Facebook, right? We all see Facebook every day. But there's so many people that call BS to the medical part of it, right? Like they just think that it's. They just put this fancy thing on that. And I don't know if it's because it's years of fear propaganda stuff that they've dumped on us. You know, whole Nancy Reagan just say no. And, and if you the war on drugs. And so has that really put such a bad image on it that now the fact that if a doctor can recommend it or somebody can recommend it like yourself, right? This is the, the statement that I hear. Do do people just say that you're, you're an idiot? Yeah, the, the, they say to me today, I was getting a coffee yeah, and I was talking about this because we talk about it all the time. And th- the statement is, you're just doing this as a way for people to get this recreationally legal. Which is so nuts. Like I was telling you, my mom is a geriatric nurse practitioner and she's helped so many elderly people with it. Yeah. Like recommending it for people who clearly don't care about getting high. They just want to feel okay. My response to these naysayers, I guess, is please come to my clinic. Come talk to the people and listen to the people that I see. Sure, I see people who are using it, who are using it both probably recreationally and medically. Yes. Do they qualify for a medical card in Utah? Of course. But that is not the the patients that I see that are that make the most sense to me are the ones that come in 68 years old. I'm addicted to Percocet. 
I can't get off my five pills a day. I've never smoked weed in my life, but I just want to quit taking these pills. Okay, that guy has a legitimate need for some alternative. Cutting him off from his narcotics is not the right thing to do, but this is what makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's a good, safe, natural alternative to wean people off of like very toxic after an after a while, those pharmaceuticals can get very toxic. Yeah. And I'm not saying that we need to give everybody marijuana forever, right? right? The goal is not to switch him to medical marijuana for the rest of his life. The goal is to reduce his opioid use now and see where that takes him. Can't you say that about any pill, though, you get? Like any prescription, any medication you get from a doctor. It's not like you're going to be like, all right, you're going to prescribe me this now or tell me to take this now. I'm going to take it the rest of my life. We all go into it hoping that we're not going to take the medication forever, right? True. But I mean, and my personal beef with that is like, we really do have, I mean, we obviously have an opioid problem. We have an opioid problem. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not a doctor, but it seems like there are a lot less negative long-term health side effects from someone who switches to medical marijuana as opposed to staying on an opioid or a narcotic for an extended period of time. You're correct in my opinion. There are people within the medical community who who would say we don't know enough. Yeah. About marijuana. About marijuana. Because but it's still there a schedule are thousands one of though, studies yeah, but about they, marijuana. But they the, need to start doing more studies on it though, too. They, they need to allow Doing studies, more studies on marijuana is like doing studies on tomatoes. Right? So you have thousands of different strains of tomatoes. And this makes the most sense to me when I describe it. Yeah. There's thousands of ways to eat tomatoes. Yeah. There's thousands of different types of tomatoes. Ketchup is a great way to deliver tomatoes to the system, but a ripe tomato off the vine is in a delicious. sandwich is delicious. Uh-huh. Absolutely. And it's different. And you can compare the two a little bit because they come from the same plant and they may have similar properties, but they're completely different. So when you study cannabis, it's like studying tomatoes. It's just a difficult thing to study. There's been thousands of studies already. The studies that are most important to me are safety. Is it safe? Does it kill you? Has it killed anybody? It has not killed anyone. So what are people afraid of? Honestly, what are are people afraid of? Years of propaganda. That's what I I don't understand though. It it affects generations and whole societies. That's the burden that we have to overcome. Exactly. Yeah. It just is our burden from the legitimate medical side to overcome that with education. Who was the first? So back in California, California was the first state to ever start doing medical. 1996. Do you you remember who, like, I'm sure you've read, like, who was it? Was it like a doctor? Who was the crazy person? Like that must've just been a crazy idea back then. Through the seventies, there was even medical, medical marijuana that was being delivered in California. Oh yeah. in the big tins. And there was, and then in the nineties, they finally got it passed, but they had a big problem in the nineties with the legal, uh, the physicians were getting, uh, indicted by the federal government and they had Uh, to fight for their right to, to just discuss it and recommend it. I don't know exactly the context of how it was legalized in the nineties, but we don't need to get into that. I mean, I certainly have read the, I've read through the history in fact, I have a, an article that I'm developing on the history mm-hmm. of it to lay it out, but it's been 30 years, Yeah, right? Like we've been doing this for 30 years. Wow, this isn't 1996 new. was that long ago? Well, and, and yeah, it isn't new and it, it's just exciting to me because of the negativeness of it and that mm-hmm. actually it's getting some positive light now, mm-hmm. which I don't want to get too deep into that. I want to, let's start getting into, I want to talk to you, Tim, about we're all interested, right? We want this medical card, right? We all want this, this uh, doctor's recommendation, right? So people can come to you if they would Correct. like to. Yes, they can come uh, to me. There's, a, there's very few providers, I think, in the state of Utah right now. But can't um, you just go to your regular doctor? You can ask yeah. your regular doctor to write sure. a recommendation for one of the, there are 15 qualifying conditions in Utah. Pain lasting longer than two weeks. Yeah. Uh, that's primarily... The, the the majority of people uh, who use medical cannabis are using it for pain yeah. nationwide. Nausea 
chemotherapy-induced nausea, things like that. So you can go to your regular provider. You can ask them to write a recommendation for you for medical marijuana. I have, And you can do this right now. You can do this right now. And if they are willing and they are knowledgeable about this, then they can say yes. The reality is they're not doing it. Mm -hmm. And... It's for various reasons. It's like, I think it's very scary for physicians in Utah to jump in. I think it's extremely, I think it's extremely scary. And the more I know about it, the more I would caution providers because a, do they have malpractice insurance that covers the recommending, the recommending of medical marijuana? I didn't until I, I I had to go get my own medical malpractice for this specifically. So that's something that providers need to be aware of. Hmm, if you work for the University of Utah or IHC, they have a system in place where they can, uh, they're going to be covered. The other thing is this is an entire scope of medicine. Once you recommend this, are you then going to recommend a delivery method? Are you going to recommend that you take pills or a tincture or you vape it? Do you even know that those options are legal? And what is the dosing that you want your patient to try? If this is somebody with experience, they might know already how much they can handle with an edible. If this is somebody with no experience, they need that instruction. They need at least somewhere to go find the information. And then do you kind of try to have to figure out how to help monitor them? I mean, like, like Prozac, right? When I went on Prozac, you go to 10 milligrams and then up to 20 and then to 40 and Mm -hmm. you're monitored along the way. Is that something that you see happening in the cannabis industry? So in Utah, they've set up a good system for follow-up. So a patient will come in to see me initially, and then they'll need to come see me again in 30 days. Their card, once the Utah Department of Health gets those cards available, those cards are going to be initially good for 30 days. You're going to have to go back for a follow-up. So during that period of 30 days, you're going to try to get your therapeutic dose established and then come back for uh, for a checkup sure. so to speak after 30 days you're going to see that provider every 6 months to renew your card and make sure the therapy is good again there's going to be a lot of people who know what they need and they're going to self dose and they're going to be fine and as i'm seeing patients in clinic there's more people than i realized who have no experience with this but are very interested to try it to to change their side effect profile from the existing medications they take. Yeah. So, so where do you put those people? Where do you have them start? Like edibles, so vaping, where do you? I start those, I recommend that those people start with a tincture because they can get the lowest possible dose. Explain, is that CBD or is that actual THC then? I recommend a THC, a THC yeah. CBD ratio sure. of at least one to one. So okay. the evidence says that we need to be using these things together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We also use CBD to keep the psychoactivity or the high to a minimum, right? We can increase the CBD dose in comparison to the THC, and we can keep people from being more forgetful, from being dizzy, and they can be more functional. But that's the best part, the forgetting. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> the problem when is when you, get the, when you get the overdose, that's when you become... That's when it becomes more of a recreational product, which mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily opposed to. Yeah. Right. But the system in Utah is built for medicine. And sure. they've tried to design the system to look like medicine as much as possible. Which I give them respect for that. Yeah. I And I do too. Well, and I really think, I mean, a lot of people do react to THC a little bit stronger. And it's really good for them to have the balance of CBD with it. Especially yeah. if it's something new that you're starting out, because like you said, it you know, would help you kind of stay present and not forgetful, and but still help relieve whatever pain or anxiety you're having. Yeah, the THC is going to, it works on the mind to disassociate you from your pain. It's not necessarily making the pain go away, so to speak, as it's letting you be okay with the pain. The CBD has the neural protective, it's protecting the brain, it's protecting the nerves. So they just work together. Yeah. Do you have to tell a lot of like, uh, or do you have to tell anybody? um, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this. 
Because say the weed they smoked back in the 60s or the 70s compared to the stuff today, the medical grade stuff. Oh, my gosh. I mean, completely. Oh, it's different. completely different. The THC levels. Yeah, in I mean, the, you have to warn some of these people like, hey, you know, maybe only just a little. Bit, absolutely. You know? <laughs> absolutely. And anybody new to it. It's why I tend not to recommend people start with a vape or like an inhaled product because it's so easy to get something from the dispensary that's 25% THC. And then they don't have a very good experience yeah. with the with their with cannabis. All right, this episode of the podcast is sponsored by Momentum Electric. I am really excited to talk to you guys today about Momentum Electric. They are a brand new sponsor for this podcast. I'm excited. We've never had an electrical uh, sponsor before. Go check out their website, MomentumElectricSLC.com. Momentum Electric is your local Salt Lake City electrical company with over 10 years of experience from Kevin and his team. At Momentum, you can always trust their employees in the work that they get done. Some of the services that they offer, make a note of this. Maybe you need to add some wall outlets to your home. They can do that. Maybe you want to change out or add some can lighting in your home. They can do that. Maybe you want to change out all your devices. They can do that. Maybe you want to change out your electrical panel and service equipment at your house. They can do that for you. Maybe you got yourself a brand new Tesla, you guys, one of those hot new brand new electric vehicles, and you need to install an EV charger. Well, they can do that. If, you, if it has to do with electrical, you guys, chances are Momentum Electric can help you out. Momentum believes in following the National Electric Code and doing the finest work to make your home more beautiful and efficient. Momentum Electric has fair pricing and they'll never try and sell you on something that you don't need or doesn't work for your situation. They'll always listen to your needs and help to solve your issues in the best way possible. Momentum will always treat you with the utmost respect because they want to create a lifelong relationship with you. Their website, MomentumElectricSLC.com, but better yet, just give Kevin a call, 801 801- 580-2430 so he can give you an estimate for your job. Again, that website, MomentumElectricSLC.com or just give Kevin a call, 801-580-2430. Now, do you have any idea how the dispensaries are going to be set up here? Or you probably have no idea about any of that stuff. So my... There's going to be a couple of dispensaries that open in March. Yeah, which, I mean, like a few weeks away, really. Right, we're a few weeks away. In fact, I just, uh, I'm just i just trying to update my, the utahmarijuana.org website with yeah. the dispensaries as they open and what's available, but they won't let us in. Unless you have a medical card, you can't get in. Medical providers, nobody can get in. Interesting. Just the people with the medical card. So we'll know what's available in the dispensaries because they'll be posting some of that online. Yeah. But you won't ever be able to even go in and see it. But unless you are a patient, you won't be able to go in those. I was just curious. I mean, I I don't have you. you, I'm sure you've been in a dispensary in Colorado or California or something, right? I was just curious if they were similar. You know, if they're I assume be, they're yeah. going to be similar. The the people that I talk to yeah. in the in the growing and the producing industry, they're going to put together a dispensary that looks and feels as professional as possible, as professional uh, a bud tender yeah. as you can get. Yeah. Yeah. All of the dispensaries are going to have pharmacists or medical providers on staff, uh, which is going to increase their cost quite a bit. But they're going to be trained. If a doctor doesn't recommend a delivery or dosing system, then the patient needs to meet with a pharmacist at the dispensary to get that recommendation because they're only going to be able to buy a 30-day supply. I actually think that's great, especially for people like we were talking about who are older or first-time cannabis users. What's I don't know. Yeah. And I think it's good for providers too. that yeah. provider that we talked about. If you go to your primary care provider and you're, and you get them to recommend cannabis, mm-hmm. they may not know anything about it, but right. at least you're going to go to the pharmacy, the dispensary, and you're going to be able to meet with somebody who can probably help you to yeah. a certain extent. Is the person going to be a specialist? We, we don't know yet. I mean, is there such thing as a specialist really yet until we have ample studies and all that stuff. It's hard to it's hard to say you're a cannabis specialist because there's no formal training. Right. right? We're all self-taught. There's going to be yeah. I bet you there's going to be some cannabis universities in the future though, yeah. man. I bet you yeah. there will be. Or it'll be part of the the traditional medical 
schooling eventually. Right. So the PA school at the University of Utah and the PA school in Provo, Rocky Mountain University, I'm going to teach their PA students cannabis medicine. Oh, right on. Nice. Yeah. That's so awesome. they're developing. So I'm developing this, uh, you know, it's going to be a few lectures long uh, of what the Utah law looks like, the endocannabinoid system, where we're at with medical cannabis, the delivery systems and how to you know, keep patients safe. When are you starting those? So those lectures will start this spring later, uh, I think in May and June, and then they'll be part of their regular program starting in the fall, their pharmacology, their drug program. That's exciting, man. That's, That's really, really, exciting really exciting. And you're going to be at both schools or yeah, just- the, I'll be at the, both schools. Even down in Provo. Yeah, go Got to drive all, <laughs> all, drive the, way to all Provo. the way to so, there. Another bubble from one to the other. <laughs> so back, back to these dispensaries. Do you know when the first one, do they have a date set They on don't it? have a date. Yeah. Initially offered March 1st eight, or something. Yeah, they initially offered eight dispensary licenses yeah. to open in March, but there's no way they're going to be ready. Uh, my understanding is there's now only ready be because two. of like harvest. They and, didn't and have growing. their lease okay. uh, set up and they have to build out their the commercial sure mm-hmm. sure and they probably store. have to have like a security a specific type of security system in place too i'm sure they do like in yeah. um like in nevada where you have the bulletproof glass and you have to show your id and your card and yeah and they have to buzz inside. you in and right there, there's a lot that goes into it yeah because so i don't think they'll be ready to go because i think that's what i mean most people that are listening to this i think they're very interested in this you know how do i get my card how do i get this set up uh, I mentioned it even on my Facebook that I was going to be chatting with you and like people are wondering, you know, what's the process, the time. So right now you can get your recommendation, but it, it, then that would put it up to, then you trade that in for the medical card later. Do you mind if I, yeah, I, I yeah, would, yeah. I would plug utelmarijuana.org. Please. Yeah. Yeah. You're that's here, where man. I would yeah. start. Yeah. You're so here. that's not my clinic website, but that's a good place. But I'm the developer, the founder of that website. That's a place where you can go, look, there's all of the qualifying conditions, how to find a medical provider there, what to expect at a visit, what the diagnosis of pain might look like for a few examples Mm -hmm. there. For example, once they come and see me, they get a letter of recommendation. That just keeps people legal if they have it. And they use it here now, which is stuff off the black market because you can't buy it. Yeah, you're going to go to Wendover and buy it, but you're still going to have to cross state lines, which is technically federally illegal. Yeah, right. So, so if you have it here, you're legal. Yeah, you can't. You still can't smoke a joint. You can't use a flame. Which is ridiculous. That's not allowed. And you probably have no reason. Well, when you. When you uh, when you talk about cannabis from a medical standpoint and you want to make it look like medicine, there is no medical reason to to have a lighter involved. What about a, you can, what about like a bong though, man? You got that nice vapor right in right, the, the you, chamber and right? the water or, and yeah, all that yeah, sort yeah, of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah illegal. Anything no, I, I, with the flame. Dang it! You it's can electrically uh, heat it. Okay. But that's just a safer method of delivery. Right. Right. You're not getting the carcinogens from the flame and the combustion. Mm-hmm. You're just heating it between, I think, 320 and 450 degrees. Huh. That activates all of the terpenes and the cannabinoids in the plant and safely delivers it to the respiratory system. That just looks more like medicine. Yeah. It's a more effective way to deliver it. I, I can dig it, man. Right. I can dig it. I and mean, I, I, you know. I know when we, when we talked to Christine Stenquist a while back, she was saying that there are so many more health benefits if you can actually inhale it. And I don't really know. I've never researched it. So again, the tomato analogy um, Mm -hmm. comes back to play here, right? You've got ketchup, Mm -hmm. which is we're going to take the cannabis plant. We're going to isolate the THC, put it in a little pill, and we take that. And ketchup is great. I I put it on everything. It's delicious. Right? It's delicious. But if you want the sandwich, right, you're going to need to pluck that tomato right off the plant. That's a more full experience with cannabis. Right. You're going to get all of the compounds. They work together in an entourage effect, they call it. And that's when you get the full experience and the full medication. So I would agree with that. The ideal delivery system is to warm it up and inhale it. That's not for everybody. Right. Especially oh, not in Utah. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and I'm totally down with that. I'm just genuinely curious. All right. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. Remember, when you support our sponsors like Mark Miller, you're directly supporting this podcast. The Love Promise program is what makes Subaru and Mark Miller Subaru so special. 
The love promise means being more than just a car company. It's Mark Miller Subaru's vision to show love and respect to all people at every interaction with Subaru. Mark Miller Subaru is dedicated to making the world a better place. And Subaru of America actually selected Mark Miller Subaru as the country's 2018 Love Promise Retailer of the Year. This is pretty cool because this is the most distinguished award Subaru of America awards each year. And it's only given to one Subaru retailer throughout the entire country. Mark Miller Subaru was selected for this award because of Mark Miller Subaru's unique and strategic approach to supporting charitable causes right here in Utah. While Mark Miller Subaru has donated a sizable amount of money over the years, that's not all they do. Mark Miller Subaru develops deep and meaningful partnerships with charities to make real changes here in our community. So whether you're buying a car at Mark Miller Subaru or you're just simply getting some service done, like I'm going tomorrow to get my oil changed, you're helping Mark Miller Subaru leave a mark on the lives of others in our local community right here in Salt Lake City. No matter what end of the valley you're on, Mark Miller Subaru has you covered with their two convenient locations. Mark Miller Subaru Midtown is at 3535 South State Street in Salt Lake City. This is the one that Chris and I personally use for all of our Subaru needs. And then there's Mark Miller Subaru Southtown at 10920 State Street in Sandy. You know what? I've never been to that location. I kind of want to go there just to visit. Check it out and see how their oil changes match up. Hey, and on that note, go test drive a Subaru today because if you've never driven a Subaru, I think you're going to fall in love with it. You're going to love it because I couldn't imagine living here in Utah without our Subaru Impreza. I love it. Again, go visit them at their Midtown or Southtown locations. And many thanks again to Mark Miller Subaru for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Just out of curiosity, and you might not know the answer to this, but where did they come up with the qualifications that were needed? Like I had a couple of friends wondering, like, why not anxiety? That's a great question. Why, you know, all, everywhere else has medical marijuana anxieties on there, right? Ins- insomnia. Uh, the the reason anxiety, I think, didn't make the list, although I wasn't part of the discussion. Well, of course. Of course. Of course I mean, yeah. I would have added it. Yeah. But overdosing on THC makes people anxious, makes people paranoid. We see that in the emergency department. And I think that's the argument against anxiety is you're not, you have to really use it correctly. Mm-hmm. Don't you in think order most people are paranoid because they're looking out the window of the cops here? Uh, it's a great, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think some people are genuinely more susceptible to paranoia. becoming par- yeah. paranoid and highly anxious than other people. And I mean, I do, I do appreciate that there's kind of, an oversight of dosage and a follow-up to be like, is this actually working for you? Is this making you more worried or anxious right. or is this easing it or, you know? Well, and I think the, um, the dispensaries, I've, I speak with a physician in Florida who runs a medical practice and her problem is she sends people to the, to the dispensaries and then the bud tender upsells them on a higher THC strain and then they end up not treating their anxiety. Right. So there's just, it's a multifaceted Mm-hmm. situation. For sure. But I think there's a use for cannabis and anxiety. Insomnia, certainly. Sure. Uh, when you treat pain, the first thing I talk about with patients is sleep. I can help you sleep better. Good night's sleep. <laughs> yeah. We, we can gift you a, a very, a much better night's sleep and that's going to make people function better during the day. Here's a question back to the pain then. Okay. Let's say, let's use me hypothetically, right? Like, let's say I have some really bad pain, but I've never gone to a doctor. So I got nothing on record. And I came to you and I said, I got this pain in my leg. Does that work? So pain is so subjective, right? So the the bottom line is as a provider, I just have to believe you. Okay. If I believe you have pain and you're telling me you have pain, then that's, I guess, technically all you would need. Sure, sure. Most providers are going to require you to bring some type of rec- some type of record. Well, of course, of you know. Course, let's yeah. see it. Why not bring that MRI that yeah. shows that you mm-hmm. have a back problem? That's helpful for you to protect you as the patient. It's helpful for for the provider to protect them, uh, you know, from the liability. Okay, I was just curious, you know, how that worked because it's like. You know, they, they, like me, I'm kind of anti-doctor, right? Like I'm, it's not that I'm anti-doctor. I just don't run to them. I get the sniffles and go well, to run to a doctor. you grew up without going to doctors. Yeah, my mom was a hippie, right? Right. Like she was, I was born at home, you know, and then just And since we've been married, but... I'm like a pusher. I'm like, you have to go to a doctor. So, it, right? <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, and no, I don't have pain in my knee, by the way, Tim. Don't worry. 
Yeah. But uh, we're, we're going to do the visit right here. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's <laughs> do it. Do you have your white coat? It's very important. <laughs> do you, wear, my white, do you wear a little white I coat? I definitely do not yeah. wear a white well, coat. In fact, on. I teach PA students. Um, I, I mentor PA students at uh, my job at, in the surgery world where I've worked for five years. And I have a little blog post that I make them read before they come. It specifically says, please don't bring your white coat. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to go way off topic for one second. Sure. Because I listened to a podcast one time uh, specifically about the history of the stethoscope and how it's, I know, this is me. A whole podcast about that. Yes, and it was fascinating. So, and I need to find it again, but they were talking about how it's actually not super beneficial with the technology that exists today. It's more of a like, a uniform so I am, I am certainly thing. not a stethoscope expert, oh, okay. but what I will say about it, my opinion about the stethoscope is you're spot on. Oh, good. It certainly looks something. good in pictures. It makes patients feel better about the provider coming in if they're wearing a stethoscope around their neck. Like they and, know what they're doing. Right. And yeah. uh, it's kind of like the white coat, right? Yeah. Is it very useful? Okay, my cardiology friends, they are experts at the stethoscope. They mm-hmm. can use it all day long. I'm not an expert. Right. right. I mean, it's probably really good. I mean, this I could talk about that forever, but I, I just had to act- ask an actual medical professional about yeah, that. I, so so <laughs> I tend not to use one. I want to make sure I ask this question because I'm sure there's a lot of people that are wondering this one, Tim. And uh, I got some somebody mentioned this on Facebook uh, today, Mindy. Uh, she says, can I have a card and a concealed permit, right? Everybody wants to still carry their guns, right? Like I, I have to know, which is, like, why? Is, is that a joke nope. or is that like nope. a real, no, this is a question. Both? People, this, yeah, this, uh, this. Mindy may have texted me today on oh, my okay. office phone number because I got the same question today really? yeah. in my office. No, can people, I still no, have my concealed weapons permit? People, wow. that's big in Utah, Chrissy. See, and I don't know. I mean, people, I don't have either. Yeah, so. I, I'm not an attorney. I can't give you legal advice, Mindy, right, but right. I will say that. Certainly, if you don't have a medical card and you're using cannabis or using marijuana, that to me seems worse. Yeah. Right. Well, right? And the bigger problem would be you can just go buy a drink and have a concealed carry permit. That's much more dangerous. I don't think there's a drug test to get a concealed permit. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, the and again, you're not a, a lawyer. Yeah, I'm not, not an, a, I'm not an attorney. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know, Mindy. But I would say, like I said before. Like I think not gonna, having a card is the, the is the worst. Yeah, yeah, exactly. of the absolutely. Two. Just yeah. just like let's not come it. up positive and not have uh, a protection from that. Yeah, right. Yeah, go ask someone who gives out concealed am, carry licenses. Right. I have an attorney. He is very good at answering these types of questions. I will ask him. It's an interesting conundrum. What's been well, the, the CDL? This is another one. I get this oh, all yeah, the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Be a truck you, driver. What about the CDL? There's a drug test to get the CDL. Oh, to get your And I don't know the DOT answer to that license. for patients. Well, he, okay, so here's an example. Perfect example, actually. My job that I left a couple of years ago uh, before we had our baby, I, I sold granite. They had a, a granite yard in Colorado, right? Mm-hmm. Well, even though it was state legal that recreationally they could smoke weed, it's still policy of that company to do drug tests. Yes. Now and that so it's, we do know yeah. if you work yeah. for the, if you're a teacher in Utah, yeah. you're actually more protected than if you work for a private company Okay, because they modified the law last summer to protect state and, uh, and government employees, state and local government employees from prosecution for having medical marijuana in their system. But they can't, they can't technically protect you if you work for a private company. Interesting. Did you see Nevada just passed a law or they're going to pass a law? First state to n- make it illegal to do any drug testing. Interesting. Isn't that wild? That, that is kind yeah, of that interesting. Is I like, love it, man. I think it's great. I mean, because here's the thing. You've got a problem because if you, if you can't tell that your employee's high, then what, why, you, you know what I mean? Like if they're not impaired, then what's <laughs> well, the point? Well, no. <laughs> I've definitely had a waitress one time that was very impaired and uh, I could tell. <laughs> but it's just like, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it, to me, drug testing is a waste of money. You know what I mean? And it's I, just, it's just, and, and I would tend to yeah. agree in this case. I mean, certainly yeah. no. THC is going to last a long time in your system. It's different for everybody, but, but, but most other drugs are out of your system in like a right, day. three days. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, what's been the most rewarding thing doing what you're doing, Tim? What, what's been the most rewarding? Oh, thing I did not you? anticipate this was going to be as rewarding as it has been seeing 
gosh, it's really tough because I kind of choke up. Seeing people reduce the amount of prescriptions that they take or the fact that they take a strong medication with terrible side effects and they can they can change their life, they can function, they can take care of their kids. They're not getting high. These people are just becoming more the people that they wanted to become. And I've seen people stop stealing drugs out of their family's drawers because of cannabis. Yeah. I've seen, I really have seen patients who are fully functional, high performing people who've gotten off their opioids on their own. And that's really important. It's important that these people have access to this. I mean, enough, enough can't be said. You can't say enough about these people being given more control over their own illness. And that's really why I do this is because I think people, they have the right to control their illness better. And this gives them more control. What would you say, let's say somebody's listening right now and they still kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier of it being a gateway drug, it being this horrible thing. Do you have any direct, like, where would you, because I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of those that are listening right now, right? Where would you tell them to start maybe doing a little research? Is it, I mean, even Netflix has some great documentaries on there, some yeah. great, great movies I on would there on look, cannabis. I mean, you can essentially just, just get started looking everywhere. There's good information if you go out there and find it. Um, but there's bad information too. That's the problem. There, there is bad information too. I mean, in Utah, what we're trying to do at uh, utahmarijuana.org is try to f- filter some of the, the bad information out and get specific information to Utahns sure. about where to find good information. This is so not a gateway drug when it's used correctly, properly. It's why I'm more of an advocate for the medical use than the recreational use, because I think that's where we start breaking down this barrier, breaking down this idea that it was, that it was built up to be this gateway drug and this thing that would lead us down this path of, you know, we're all going to be lazy and sit on the couch and smoke weed all day. It, It just, it. It's just not true. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's so fascinating because of the way that you describe seeing your patients, you know, kind of get better from it. It's almost like a re- it really is a reverse gateway drug more than a gateway drug, right? Like it can take you right. off of takes you off of the stuff. stuff that leads you down. Remember the billboard that's like pills in one hand and the heroin needle in the other? Mm-hmm. I think so. Right? The epidemic. The yeah, yeah, yeah. The, There's that's a lot of a those. Big, uh, that's a big uh, project mm-hmm. of some really great Utah people who are trying to get people off of opioids. Opioids are a gateway drug. Well, yeah, oh, well, absolutely. Heroin, I talked to, I've we're trying to, to get people off of it. Yeah. People here in Salt Lake that were drug dealers at one time. And they said they've sold the people, you know, heroin because it, you know, they, they, they're out of the pain pills, they're out of their opioids. And they're like, I gotta get my fix. It's the only and then, thing, you know, it's the do. cheapest next best thing. But, uh, yeah. right. It, like I think we, I'm really looking forward to donating more for research on or for treatment on the opioid epidemic with, I mean, with what we're doing here. Yeah. Um, The two things that are important to me are really helping people get off opioids and Crohn's disease and and GI research, because that really hits home for me. I have family members with Crohn's disease who've ended up with cancer. And, you know, those are two things that I think I can, I think I can help with medical cannabis. And then I can give back. Interesting. I think that's awesome. Let's, uh, we got to shift direction a little bit. There's a few Salt Lake City related questions we Ooh, ask yeah. everybody that comes through here. And when I say Salt Lake City, I mean the valley, the area, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say, I mean, I'm sure you have family and friends that visit, even though you've never moved away. I'm sure you got friends that- I you wish know. that I had some experience. You know, I, <laughs> one day I might move away, but what? I'm always going to come back. We always have places, like I know how it is for me, right? When I have a friend visit, I always have this couple places I want to take them and show them. Do you have like a few favorite places? Yeah, right now you take them to the mountain skiing. Oh, yeah. I mean, did you see it today? Especially especially today and yesterday. Unbelievable. 
Yeah, know? I mean, we ski at Snowbird, so I'd take them to Snowbird, where they all give one stars because it's too steep and there's not enough groomed runs. But I think it's great what they do with it, with their one-star reviews. It's a great I'm, I'm marketing like, campaign. When we got a one-star review for this podcast, because we were too liberal, right? Where oh, okay. We got a one-star review for that, and well, yeah, uh, I, I should mean, put that on a you t-shirt have or something, right? <laughs> Way too liberal here. But uh, what about favorite local eating spots? Do you have like one or two places that Look, you love? wherever you go to eat, you've just got to go to the Dodo for dessert. Okay. Ooh. And coffee. Okay. I mean, it's the best place. Okay. Dodo's good. It's good for dessert, yeah. especially. I, I mean, I, I honestly, there. I haven't it's... had dinner there in so long, but man, I've had dessert there like six times in the past year. <laughs> I only remember their dinners. Oh, well, you got to take me to get dessert. Well, let's go there and get dessert. Oh, let's yeah. Let's go there and get dessert. What about, what would you change about Utah or Salt Lake City or the area? One or two things, if you had that opportunity. I think we do a poor job of allowing young people to be who they want to be. Yeah. That I think is evident in our suicide rate. I think that we do, we need to do better. Um, I think that would be what I would change. That's, that's a kind of a answer. deep, uh, deep and maybe, you know, over the top answer. But I mean, that's really the thing. If you really want to make a difference here, then, you know, let, let kids be who they want to be. How can, uh, how can our listeners get a hold of you, Tim? Let's say they're, they're ready to get their card. They're ready to get their recommendation. They're ready to, to rock and roll, right? They want to get a hold of you. I mean, the truth is you can look at utahmarijuana.org. That's a great place to start. That's going to give you a lot of information. Utahmarijuana.clinic is my clinic website. You can call me. I answer all the phones right now. It's just me Mm -hmm. because I want to talk to every patient myself. I want to be involved in the whole process from the beginning. I, I think that that will expand as it needs to, I guess, but uh, utahmarijuana.clinic, I think that's the best. I'm downtown. I have a clinic downtown. I see everybody myself. I answer all their questions that I can. Mm-hmm. I'm the type of person who's going to call a provider, another mm-hmm. specialist. Uh, I talked to a neurologist today. I talked to another pain doctor yesterday. So I want people to know that I'm I'm not afraid to be involved in their care in a traditional way, if that's what they want, and in a non-traditional way, if that's what they need. And before we wrap it up, she throws a final question out, Tim, but I like to open it up. If there's if there's anything that you were hoping to talk about, well, you also do educational classes. Or so, did I see that? Oh, yeah. On your so I do too? some provider right now. I have a provider education okay. information session. We're bringing an attorney, and I'm I'm really trying to help providers navigate the system, understand what it takes to be a good provider in the cannabis space. And also where to send their patients if they need to, if they feel like they don't want to spend the time becoming an expert. I, I, in fact, before I came here tonight, I was talking to a pediatric uh, oncology group and they don't know whether or not they want to really become experts in this. They, they may send some of their patients to me, the patients with not a lot of resources. They may just get education from me and so we're just trying to help everybody we can in all the in all kinds of different ways. I'm not I'm not somebody who says, "Look, you've got to come to me." Mm-hmm. I just want you to go to somebody who knows what the heck they're doing and can listen and kind of guide you through the process. And if that person, if that provider you find doesn't have the answers, then you're definitely welcome to come to the .org, utahmarijuana.org and find what you need. It will all be there. And I'll also put those at IamSaltLake.com as well with this episode, little notes there. If uh, let's say you're on the treadmill or you're driving, right? And you can't write that down, but throw your question out, Chrissy. And before she asks the question, Tim, thank you again for coming and doing the, the podcast. Best of luck with things. I want to stay in touch with you. I want to, let's get you on sooner than later. You know, I'd like to kind of do a follow-up once some of these dispensaries open up and I'd be more get, than happy get, to get, It'd uh, be fascinating to see the progress yeah. of the medical industry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. excited. I I would be uh, yeah more than happy to come back and give you an update. Very cool. Cool, man. We're down. <laughs> so before we let you go, can you leave our listeners with a motto or piece of life advice that you live by? The thing that I that keeps going through my head all the time is if a job is worth doing, it's worth doing right. I love that. Perfect place to end the podcast. Thank you again, Tim. Many thanks again to Tim Pickett for joining us on this episode. 
All the links that we mentioned in this conversation can be found with this episode's show notes on our website, which is at IamSaltLake.com slash 420. That's for episode 420. I want to share a really funny story. This is not in the notes. Chrissy didn't <laughs> see this coming. I should have shared this on the intro, actually. Funny story behind episode 420, though. Uh, it, it was a fluke, you guys. This yeah, was it just not, happened. This was not planned. Like it, We were lucky that uh, Tim's interview kind of lined up with episode 420, but we were like, how perfect is this that this is episode 420? So I thought that was a pretty funny story. I just it was to, fate. I just wanted to share that. I love really it. Quick. Hey, we got weekly recommendations this week. We're not good with this. I don't know. Maybe we need to cut it out. Of we, we just need to remember what we do every week better. Hey, you know? I'll let you go first, though, because okay. you, you have kind of a fun one. My, I do have a fun one because I came home one day and someone had mailed me a box of uh, different types of high-key keto mini cookies they're little packages of keto cookies. No idea who they came from. There was a gift, they were, it gift was a, note in it, but yeah. no, nothing on the note. Yeah. So someone bought me some keto cookies from Amazon. Thank you. And they're actually really good. And our two-year-old, they're so good, our two-year-old steals them. Well, and I didn't try any because my recommendation, I am doing this all-meat diet. You can laugh in my face, whatever. I'm trying to reset my gut microbe. Is that what you call them? Gut, gut. microbe? Something. Yeah. So, so I've been doing this, this really high meat diet, uh, trying to eliminate, you know, all the sugars and stuff. Anyway, air fryer, man, you got to get an air fryer. I don't know what is going on. It seems like everywhere I go, people are talking about air fryers. Uh, I don't have a brand necessarily, but the one, you know, you got the one for Christmas. Holy cow. You put the steak in there and you can get a perfect steak. Oh, it tastes so much better from an air fryer. I think it's great. Yeah. uh, So good. So, so check out an air fryer if you don't have an, especially, you know, I remember when I went through uh, my divorce, right? Mm -hmm. When I was living in that small studio apartment, I would have loved an air fryer. Oh yeah. You don't even need a kitchen. Yeah. Don't even need a kitchen, but let's wrap this episode up because we got to go grocery shopping. Let's do it. How can people get a hold of us, Chrissy? So the easiest way to get a hold of us is to head over to IamSaltLake.com. And this has all the information to get a hold of us, join our Facebook group, dig through the back catalog of the episodes. We have over seven years of the podcast right there on the website for you to check out. It's a lot of episodes. It is. A lot of episodes. 420 to be exact. 420 (laughs) episodes. Hey, and if you want to support the podcast, we're looking for more supporters always. You can become a supporter for as little as $1 a month. I mean, all you have to do is give up a cup of coffee, you guys. Patreon.com slash I am Salt Lake to become a Patreon supporter. We got some cool perks there for you guys. And that links at IamSaltLake.com slash 420 as well for this episode. Hey, you guys have a great week. It's going to be beautiful this week. Uh, Remember to get out and support uh, some of those awesome businesses right here in Salt Lake City. Give your mom a call. She misses you. And we'll see you right here right next week on the next episode. And good night, Grammy. Grammy.